lords, ladies, and commoners, and welcome yet again to this uh, special historical interlude uh, from the Plot is Optional podcast. I am Allie, and I am here with my friend Joe, and we are once again talking about The Ravenels by Lisa Klebus. Yeah, boo! Lisa Klebus! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> should have a noise for her um specifically yes <laughs> and, it'll be the air horn noise but like played on like a harp or something Ooh, yeah like a little harpsichord like intro little handle or handle or bach yeah i guess at this point it's yeah this ravenel series is 1870 so yeah i guess it's not so much about the piano forte it's not really like it could just be like a real piano now yeah it is a real piano now um thank god speaking of you know we are talking about the second book marrying winterborn which features helen who plays the piano who's a beast at playing the piano oh but she's she's not that good according to her she's so modest she's so modest she's wonderful she is a sweet darling girl and our male main character is a welshman Welshman. our our darling reese winterborn bestest of mans that we love with oh my gosh we're in love with kill me he's so great and he's a welshman Do you want to do you want to take us through the the major plot points of yeah, our for sure, for sure. about our darling Winterborn and our sweet dear baby girl Helen? Baby girl Helen. Okay, so just a brief synopsis of the book before we dive into the nitty gritty and talk about fun things. So the book opens where the previous book. Um, I'm bl- what was it? I'm blanking on the first book. I'm so sorry. A uh, cold hearted rake. Cold hearted rake. Ah, oh, excellent title. Okay. So Mary Winterborn picks up. Both know he's not that cold-hearted. He's he's truly not, and he's not that much of a rake. Let's be fair. No. <laughs> anyway, so um, so yes, Mary Winterborn picks up pretty much right at the end of Cold-Hearted Rake. Um, Kathleen and Devin um, have left town for a few days after Kathleen took it upon herself to break up Helen and Reese, who were previously engaged. Yeah, Kathleen's yeah. dad dies. Yes. Um, um, yeah. No, okay, oh wait, I thought, no, he was injured and then he dies in this book. Yeah, he dies in this book. Um, so that's where they are during this. So Helen can no, 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 leave. No. Yeah. No, 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 queen. no, 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 because no, they, they eloped. That's where they went. Yeah, um, they eloped. But, but, but her father had just been injured. They yeah. eloped to get married and then they were gone for just a couple of days. And then they come back, and then, oh, then yes, she gets yes. the letter. You're right. You're right. You're right. They are back. They, yeah, they come yeah. back. Yeah. So, yes. But, but, uh, the first, but for the first couple of chapters of this book, it is very important to the plot that they are still out of town eloping. After <laughs> because, breaking up Reese and Helen. Yes. They, no they, realize reason, the really. error, they realize the error of their ways. They get together and decide to live happily ever out after, after completely fucking over Reese and Helen. Yes. Yes. Um, so at the t- top of this book, they are out of town. Um, Helen goes to see Reese to put the engagement to rights. Um, Reese, they clear up a few misunderstandings from the first book, um, but Reese issues her an ultimatum. Um, he'll have the engagement, but he needs collateral. Yeah. <laughs> because he's such a capitalist. Yeah, he's, 
Yeah, but he's also just like, damn girl, you're fine. Yeah, so, he's like, so keep in mind, he's that. like, it doesn't, it's not going to take much for him to go through with this engagement again. Like he, yeah. he wants Helen very badly. Yeah. Um, so he offers her, um, he demands collateral. So he demands her, um, her virtue, let's yeah. say, yes, let's, let's in exchange, in exchange for the engagement being back on. And Helen deciding she is a modern woman of the 19th century says, okay. Um, I like you and, too. Yeah. And then uh, the promise that you 100% will and not just ruin me. Um, and so, yeah, she says yes. And so Helen returns to her family home later that evening, deflowered um, and newly engaged, um, confesses her naughty deeds. And then suddenly the courtship is back, baby. Now, meanwhile, Reese is back home. <laughs> meanwhile, Reese, who is, um, you know, the business baddie, um, is uh, taking a stroll with his bestie, not his best frenemy, Tom Severin, lover of trains and man, <laughs> on, man on the spectrum. You can't convince me he's not. Um, so they are out seeing a property and Reese gets horribly injured trying to save a small urchin. And he is rescued by a beautiful, capable lady doctor named Dr. Gibson. And thus introduces another major character throughout this series. She's so major, she gets her own book. I was going to say, she's amazing and deserves it. She, at this time, she is the only practicing female physician in England. But she had to go to France to get her medical degree. Um, she struggles with people taking her seriously. We will definitely be discussing the hot lady doctor in just a mo. Mm-hmm. Because she comes back later in this book. Um, yes. So, yeah, so the good doctor fixes up Reese, sends him on his way. And he's because he has like the biggest kink for co- like competence is like, hey, I'm going to offer you a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the rest the book kind of goes on with them, like planning the wedding and like banter, 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 like them falling more in love with each other. But then we get a sick side plot courtesy of our fave Lady Barrack. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so at this point, Kathleen's father has died. Her and Devon have to go to Ireland to see to the estate and go to the funeral. And so Lady Barrick comes to their house to chaperone. Um, and Lady Barrick has a nephew who is in line for her husband's title, um, who is a huge bag of shit. He's a um, shithead. He's a shithead. The and worst co- person. <laughs> and coincidentally enough, Reese hates him too for other reasons related he's to like, Welsh prejudice. I was going to say, he is extremely anti-Welshman. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Helen, Lady Barrick, and this fuck-faced man know Helen's big secret, which is that Helen is not actually her father's daughter. Yeah, she's um, not actually a Raven L at all. Yeah. Yeah, Helen is the daughter of lit- the former Lady Ravenel and this fuckface man named Albion Vance. Um, and so, of course, this man tries to extort her for money. She frets because she's so in love with Reese. Lady Barrack is like, girly, just do it. Just go with it, girl. Um, yeah, don't tell him. Yeah, Lady Barrack. Nice daughter. Yes, Lady Barrack um, is demanding, really, that she keep it to herself. So this whole time this is happening, she's fretting. Um, Reese is just like absolutely like gaga for this woman. Um, he builds her a greenhouse for her orchids because she keeps orchids. It's like her biggest personality trait. 
Um, sweet. They they fuck in that greenhouse on the roof. Good for them. Um, these two for really real. do um, like to catch moments. They do. Um, they really do. And they're yeah. so good at it. It's outrageous. Yes. Um, they are very good at catching. Reese is, Reese is a smooth motherfucker. Um, and Reese is so smooth, actually, that Lady Barrack not encourages Helen to keep silent about her true parentage because she knows it would end the engagement. Um, at this point, she is very much Team Welshman. I was going to say um, she's Team Welshman to the point where she's like, yeah, keep fucking him. Yeah. We, <laughs> her, Lady Barrack. We have a lot more to say about Lady Barrick um, yeah. later in this this app because yeah, there's a lot to talk about with Lady Barrick in this. Um, but we also find out um, through a story that Reese tells that um, this fuckface of a man named Alvy Vance has another illegitimate child, another daughter who um, was the child of one of Reese's friends' wives. It's very convoluted. But either way, yeah. the child is now an orphan. Um, because Vance won't take care of her. Um, and Helen, because Helen knows that's her sister, wants to find her. Come to find out she is in a horrible orphanage um, deep in the slums. And so Helen decides to blow up her entire life and stay to rescue with the good lady doctor. She breaks the orphan out and decides, well, that's the end of my life. I'm going to go rusticate in the country with this orphan and break my engagement. Um, and so she tries to leave. And sure as shit, uh, that does not go very well because Reese is obsessed with her. So, of course, he knows that she is not at home. Yeah. Um, Reese finds her, settles everything with her terrible bio dad and gives the speech to end all romantic speeches. It is the declaration. Oh. Uh, it is everything. It is a swoon. He is the best. Um, and then they elope. Um, and that... Reese, oh, Reese agrees to help raise the orphan child. Um, gives her and they a look. Welsh name. Gives her a Welsh name. Yeah, and so that's the basic plot of the book. Um, it's better than I make it sound, and we're going to talk about why it's better than I make it. So good. Okay, yeah. so let's start. Let's start with um, Helen goes to Winterborns at the top of the book. Yeah, Helen is like, I okay. I'm just gonna say like. One of the reasons why I love this book is the first book, like the whole first book, everybody is just like, yeah, we have these feral goblin twins and <laughs> a like horribly like grumpy widow who lives to like annoy the air. And then we have sweet, charming, beautiful Helen who's perfectly adapt adapt and could go into society and marry well if the family weren't horribly poor um yeah. and so like the whole first book we're just like oh look at helen being such an angel she doesn't get in any trouble and then this book she like goes and sneaks into a man's house she's like you thought <laughs> You she, thought. Yeah. She hides her parentage. She steals an orphan. She, she stole that orphan. Yeah. She steals an orphan. She plots a plan to just get away. Like And she, she has multiple orgasms throughout the book. I mean, yeah, she really she's say, living the life. She lives such a life. And by the end of the book, you're just like, wait, Helen? <laughs> Yeah, like she is actually the most trouble. But the thing is, it never 
The thing about Helen's character development is it feels like a development. Like it never feels like she's just a different person from the start oh, of the yeah. book to the end. Like it all feels very much like this tracks for Helen. Yeah, it all it all very much tracks. But at the same time, you're just like, I love that and she wrong. was the one yeah. no one was worried about. And like, <laughs> of course, when the eyes are off of you, you can cause the most trouble. Well, Helen was the first Ravenel that Devin met besides his brother that Devin actually liked. Yeah. Which is T, she's not a Ravenel. And now they hint at that her illegitimacy in the first book when they talk about how everybody's got the Ravenel temper except for except Helen. For Helen, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like she's fair haired, right? Like she's not even well, like got the Ravenel looks. Cassandra's also blonde, but she's like a white blonde with Yeah. Well, okay. So really, honestly, the subtitle for this episode should just be like capitalism welsh prejudice and illegitimate children so one of my one of my absolute favorite um like historical romance tropes is the illegitimate children all looking the same yes so so like the big giveaway um for helen is that she looks just like her father they have the same white blonde yeah. hair the same icy icy blue eyes but that's also um her half-sister his other illegitimate daughter has the exact same features and like it's a big plot point when they go to rescue her that like she sees helen across the way and immediately thinks helen's her mother Mom. because yeah. because they look so similar yeah and then but then it also it also lends to helen's urgency because now people are going to think that that's her kid yeah, uh, yeah. and nobody's going to nobody's ever going to believe because the kid's like four nobody's ever going to believe it. it's not helen's daughter uh, so yes. it's another reason why she has to leave with her but it, I, it really tickles me that that's because like there's there's okay I can't give away a future plot point but there is another illegitimate Ravenel walking around in these books yes and there is. and it and it becomes like a major plot point that they have the Ravenel look yeah yeah because there's there's a Ravenel look in way of being and not to mention the temper the temper <laughs> which Helen does not have. Correct, which is she like a walking has, flag. Of, she's illegitimate. Yeah, she just has the gutsiness. Yeah, for sure. Which is and nature, of guts, nurture versus <laughs> nature. Like, like, she's got the guts. She doesn't always have the street smarts. Like, case in point, she goes to see Reese at his private office yes. in the middle of the day in the yes. family carriage alone. Yep. Yep. Like, this is already capital S scandalous behavior. Well, I... I'm not entirely convinced that, like, she didn't know what she was going to do when she got there. I, I don't know. Like, she's, the way it's written, it's like, she seems surprised that Reese is mad she took the family carriage. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm also, like, I'm pretty sure she fully knew what she was doing was scandalous. Maybe so. Maybe. I, I think she knew that it was not, like, the not height dumb. of propriety. But yeah. I don't think she understood like the full weight of that because I think she thought by the end of this we'll be engaged anyway. Like, what does it matter? I also um, think there's a certain amount of like when you're around Pandora long enough, like yeah, <laughs> your brain is wrecked. That's fair. Like you just kind of forget what's like kosher and what's not kosher. Yeah, um, Pandora is like like bad enough for all of you to be desensitized, but also like. Just a real quick aside about Pandora. For me, it's when they like are coming back from um, Eversby Priory 
and mm-hmm. it's the new carriage and Pandora just wants to play with the handle. Yes. Yes. Like crying. Uh. Cause like, cause you know, she'd like, she like tug tug on Winterborn's sleeve and just like pointing to the handle. Handle, yes. Oh, Pandora. Um, anyway, so Helen's in his office um, and this office conversation um, is like a lot of misunderstandings from the first book get cleared up. Yeah. So like the first the, book, Winterborn is just like, like I said in our first episode, he has like the self-esteem of a napkin. Yeah. Like he's got this big like complex that he is not good enough. He's like, oh, I'm I'm a big, strong man, and women aren't into that. Like, buddy, what? People only, women only want me for my wildness. They don't know. Yeah, they don't know that you're actually a teddy bear. I wonder why. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they they clear up a lot of things. So, one of the big insecurities that Reese had in book one was that. Helen was only marrying him because she had no other option because he didn't have any money and he wanted the title and he doesn't care about money because he's richer than God. Yeah. Um, and so uh, already he's feeling really insecure about that. And so we find out at the end of book one that the Ravenels have a windfall um, and they discover lots and lots of ore on their property and they are now stupid rich. So Helen doesn't. Tom Severin did his best to fuck over his, his friends. But um <sighs> But okay. Helen, so Helen now does not have to marry Reese. And Reese now assumes because the engagement is broken, he's never going to see her again because she doesn't have to marry him. Yeah. What he doesn't understand is that um, Helen thinks he's stupid hot. And she's here to tell him that. Yeah. She um, loves him and yeah. is so fascinated by him. Yeah. She's, but and nobody else gets like, it. She's also just like really hot for him. Like that kid oh, yes. haunts her. And so they yeah. have a big fight um, it, in, at the end of the first book because he tries to plant a big passionate kiss on her. And Helen is an innocent. She was raised very sheltered. She has never kissed a man before. Um, and she was very taken aback by, by that and didn't really know yeah. what to feel about it. And after getting some very practical good advice on kissing from our best friend Kathleen, she decides she's going to try it out here in his office. Yes. I love how she's like, you know what? I'm going to kiss you. And she just like a little peck. And she's like, oh my gosh, it was so scandalous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no matter what Helen says, um, how much she freaks out, Reese is just not convinced. Um, and so thinking that she won't agree to it, he's like, all right, we can get engaged again, but only if I can like take your virginity right the hell now in the middle of the day on like a Tuesday. Um, and at first she's like, oh my God, no. But then she's like, well, um, okay. right. Only if I can have a new ring because she actually hated her original engagement yeah, ring. Yeah, she hated her ring. Oh my God. Well, it's a big honk and rock she can't move on because her hands are so delicate. And so she breaks Reese's capitalist heart by choosing a moonstone, which is not as valuable as the diamonds he wants to like drip her in. Yeah. Because he um, wants her to be a status symbol for him. Yeah. But also, he's, his love language is gifts. Let's be real. He owns a department store. Yeah. Um, and so they get her a new ring, and they head upstairs to this apartment together, um, where we engage in some good old-fashioned foreplay and real slow stripping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so Reese is wooing his lady, as he does, by telling her where things are in his department store. Uh, yeah, that was, like, the best thing to me, is, like... 
they're they are full on gonna fuck and he's just like yes this is in department whatever and that's in department whatever and i'm just yeah. like this is the weirdest foreplay ever and i love it no it's like when he's taken off all her layers and he's like you know bustles are going out of fashion, fashion. yeah she's like well how do you know that he's like uh de department 18 or whatever ladies yeah. undergarments and lingerie yeah like I, as he's stripping her yeah listing her clothes by store as he's stripping her incredible um and then because he's also a filthy capitalist who owns a store he's looking at her ragged undergarments and is just uh -huh. so filled with disgust and rage that he decides to like destroy them and she's like um hello those are my things you could ask first yeah. um and, and because reese is a grown man he says okay and yes. then from there on, he just respects her shit. I was going to say, he, like, so respectful of Helen. Like, he's the only one that, like, listens to her, basically, other than yes. Kathleen. And then, and of even course... even Kathleen just makes assumptions based on Kathleenisms. Yes. Well, and then during the fucking too, he realizes um, that Helen doesn't know anything about anything. Yes. She does not know really what's about to happen. It has not really been explained to her. Um, and so he has to, like, in the gentlest way possible, explain, like, what's about to happen. Yeah. He has to be like, it's better than it sounds, I promise. Yeah. Because, uh, of course, by this time, she's gotten an eye full of his manhood, and he is packing. So she's scared. Yeah. Well, and he's also freaking out, too, because, like, again, he didn't expect her to say yes. And he also, like, conveniently forgot, like, oh, she's a gently bred version. Yeah, he's um, like, oh, wait, I'm used to well, though his Wait, wait, I wrote it down. The exact phrase that he uses when he's talking about all his other past relationships is vigorous okay. rutting. Yes, yes. Vig he's like, his usual, his usual vigorous rutting wouldn't do it here. Like, it really paints a picture. But, like, you know what? He could blow my back out. That's fine. I mean, I um, think that's what Helen thinks by the end of the book, so... I mean, that's that's what Helen that's what Helen gets by the end of the book. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so he as gently as humanly possible um, takes Helen's virginity and um, lasts a further two pumps. I was gonna say he yeah a two this, pump chump. Yep, <laughs> he just couldn't do it. He was too into her. He's too into her. Yeah. Um, so Helen is now thoroughly debauched. She thoroughly enjoyed herself. Um, and now, of course, Reese is having what we call big, messy feelings. Because, the messiest. Yeah, because he's realizing this fantasy he has of, like, the big society wedding, months out, like, that's hugely expensive, ain't gonna cut it. Because now, now Helen has to go home. Yeah, and yeah. he's he real upset about that. Yeah, and he's gotta, like, talk to Devin. Yeah, yeah, because at this point, Devin still it. fucking hates him. Yeah, because Devin thinks he was like seriously hitting on Kathleen at the end of the first book. He wasn't, but yeah, and not just like hitting on her, like yeah, that was threatening that her. Was, like, really, yeah, that was like a nice way of putting it because yeah. I love him. But we are, we're right. We're not making apologies for men. You're right. He was threatening her. Um, he didn't mean it, of course, and Kathleen knew that, and we knew that. But Devin doesn't that. really care. Really <laughs> care. Yeah, um, I don't blame Devin on that at all. Yeah, and so there's another there's another side to taking Helen's virtue, and it's now that he is forcing Devin's hand because he doesn't believe that Devin would consent now that they don't need the money. 
for Helen to marry him after what he did. Um, and so now he's planning to use it as like a bargaining chip. It's like, well, I've already sampled the goods, so gotta buy it. You could be pregnant. Which is like the dumbest plan ever, which is how you know he was thinking with his whole dick. Yeah, I was um, gonna say, not with the right side of his head. Not the right yeah. <laughs> No. Um, so they so Helen heads home, um, where she's met with her the, with the twins who very sweetly ask if she's been naughty. Yes. Like, oh, have you been naughty, Helen? And like, I don't yeah. understand exactly what they're asking either, which is the funniest part. Yeah, these ladies are very sheltered. Um, but, oh, it's, and then Helen hands her the box of stockings. So Winterborn <laughs> yeah. rips Helen's stockings and then sends down for a fresh fresh box for her. These, like the most expensive stockings ever. And sends her home with them. And, of course, her sister notices a pair is missing. Yes. From the set. And it's like, oh, have you been oh, What happened to the missing pair? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so at this point, um, they're waiting for Kathleen and Devin to return. Um, and Reese is going about his life. He's getting lunch with his best frenemy, Tom Severin. <laughs> I love how they just, they just go to the chippy. Yeah, they do. They don't like... Well, because they're going to this property. And I don't yeah. know, Tom Severin seems like the most well, like we weird practical of men. Like He doesn't seem to care that he's like fucking rich as hell and owns all the trains it no. seems like he's just like this is close to where we're going so we're gonna oh, get you here and it's great you don't even this is the tip of the iceberg with tom but i know <laughs> i know i'm excited um because you don't even know how many irons this man has in the fire but um but yeah so he tells reese about the building and now we already know that tom is willing to do business a little dirty and so oh, yeah. he's he withholds a lot of info from Reese, namely who owns this building, because he knows that the man who owns the building is stupid, dumb fuckface that Reese doesn't like. Um, but they're going like, to see this building, yeah. Um, they're and of course, that's not going to turn out well for Tom. But you know, um, yeah. Well, Tom just wants to make money. He makes his he he will he's gladly going to sleep in the beds he makes. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, they're the most expensive bed money can buy, so he's probably sleeping great. Yeah. Um, so they, yeah, they go down to the work site, and there's like a major accident, and um, basically part of a building is about to fall on this kid. Um, and so this because Reese, that Severin wants Reese to buy. Yeah. By the way, and, and Reese is appalled with the condition of it as well. It's literally a slum. And he's like, well, how do I make money from this? And Tom's answer is basically, be a slumlord. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I, I grew up in one of these apartments. What are you talking yeah. about? And Tom's like, well, your choice. I told yeah. you how to make money from this. Yeah. Like, he literally uses the phrase rack renting. Like, what an yes. asshole. Like, Tom, we can't say the R word. Uh, yeah. So, so Reese... Hero Reese rescues this child from this building about to fall on him. Um, and of course, Tom is very upset with him about this because the kid then tried to pick Reese's pocket. Yeah, that was like so good. Tom was um, just like, you just saved a child who then tried to pick your pocket. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so then we meet the good lady doctor, Dr. Gibson. Yes, uh, Dr. Ha or, yeah, Dr. Everett, uh, not Everett Gibson, right? 
Garrett Gibson. Garrett Gibson. Oh my gosh. Why yeah. I always know like her name is very masculine as well. Yeah. Which exactly. is great. Yeah. And so she shows up. She is beautiful, statuette, um, and more importantly, competent as book. Yeah. So she, she immediately amazing. Yeah, she immediately assesses Reese's shoulder while withstanding horrible prejudice from Tom. Um, yeah. And susses out that he has a dislocated shoulder. Um, she brings him to her practice. It's a couple streets over, patches him up, sends him on his way. And because Reese just understands competence when he sees it, um, he offers her a job at okay. Winterborns for the clinic that he has for his patients. I am going to say that it kind of does my least favorite thing in all of fiction. Like there is just this trope in all of fiction where they get it dead wrong. And it's always just like, you dislocated your shoulder. Let me pop that right back in. It's going to hurt for a second. It's like, no. If you've ever dislocated your shoulder, you know that, like, even after you pop it back in, that's just going to hurt for two weeks. Like, there's well, no... He, he, he acknowledges that it hurt. He yeah, I'm just saying, pain. like, it's, like, the worst pain. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I have had a shoulder injury. It is not... So not I, had my shoulder, I had my shoulder pulled out of socket, like, twice. But I was, like, yeah. four or five at the time, or, like, maybe five or six. So yeah. I don't have a lot of, like, memories of it. Yeah, my husband's shoulder gets like he has had multiple shoulder dislocations in his life and they just well, like dislocate at the drop of the hat. Um and then I sprained my shoulder like years ago. Wow. So it's just like shoulder injuries are no joke. And so I always like read these books where they're just like we're going to pop your your shoulder back in and then people are back to like lifting heavy weights and stuff and they're like totally fine. I'm just like no. <laughs> Well, he's not totally fine. He's, he's not. That. He's not. He's but like, like he's, yeah, he's hurting. He's hurting. He's hurting. But yeah, he's he's winterborn, so he's not. Gonna... Also, I love how this dummy has a building fall on him, and then he goes back to work. Yes, I literally uh, can't stand that. He goes back what to work. Dummy. I think that's the part where I'm just like, would you even be able to focus on work? And then I'm like, well, it's winterborn. Yeah, so. and he doesn't stay. He doesn't stay there long. I think I'm pretty sure Fernsby shoes him out, right? Oh, Fernsby. Actually, we, no. He no. He changes his coat, then he goes to Devon's. Yeah, he goes to Devon's because he's like, life is short, and I could have died, and I need Helen right now. Yes, that's right. He has like a big guilt trip because he's I like, my, oh my god, I, I need my yeah, call my lawyer, girl. call my call my lawyer. Yeah. I'm changing my will. I'm changing my will. Everything goes to her. I love her. <laughs> and I love how the lawyer's like, but you're not married yet. He's like, I said I, what I said. Yeah, give it all to her. Uh, so like. For a man like him, like, that is the most romantic thing. Yes. Like, You're I got to that part. Honey. I got to that part, and I, like, swooned. I was like, oh, he gave her everything. <laughs> um. So, so then now Reese goes to, um, to Devin's. Um, at this point, Helen's waiting for him to show up. Um, she is getting real nervous. Um, yeah, because he, he was supposed to meet her. Yeah. Um, for tea time and then he gets there like the very tail end of tea time right as they're about to be like oh no callers today yeah um, which I appreciated this whole tea time thing because they go into the etiquette of it yeah which I did not I was not aware of before this book is like guests come they stay for 15 minutes and then they leave and that is the etiquette and if they stay longer they're being an inconvenience and i was like you know what i wish we would get back to that like if i could just interact yes. with people for like 15 minutes and have them leave that's like amazing 
I I personally really love books where like they assume you already know that. So they say stuff like, and then they stayed for an entire half hour. And like, if you read a lot of historical romance, you're like, oh, oh my God, how rude. How rude. Yeah. You're like, okay, they stay for 30 minutes. Big deal. Well, like I can imagine like, I, I don't think I've read anything where they say the exact amount of time. They're just like, the guests stay too long. Um. I've read, like, Mary Balog really likes to drive home the point when somebody stays a whole half hour. Oh, my God. Okay. But, yes, um, I was not aware of the 15 minutes thing. And I was just like, wow, that is, like, the dream, like, interaction for me who's, yeah. like, a socially anxious, like, extrovert. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, I if I could just, like, interact with people for 15 minutes and have them go, that's, like, amazing. Um, I appreciated Reese explaining cards. Because yes. I don't fully understand the card thing, but I didn't realize you had multiple types of cards. Like when you leave your card for somebody, like I didn't, there were, there are different types of cards for different things. There's cards yes. for you as a single visitor, cards for you as a visit with your spouse, um, cards where you don't intend to stay, cards where you are staying. Like it's, yeah. it's so much. I love it. I'm like, wow, I wish we had this sort of prescripted, like, social interaction. Like, I don't want all the, like, etiquette, but, like, cards to, like, indicate people are coming. Like, oh, that's amazing. Like, ah, I don't know. It just kills me because I'm like, why can't we have this without, like, all the other bullshit? Like, I don't want to sit properly and just talk about the weather, but, like, you know. I mean, we could talk about potatoes. <laughs> like, oh. Yes, we would. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's another so, book. <laughs> yeah. So he so he shows up for tea time. They divide and conquer. Helen spills the beans to Kathleen. I love how she's like, Kathleen, I have to marry him. And Kathleen's like, oh, darling, please. No, no you, you don't. don't. She's like, no, Kathleen, oh, you don't get I it. <laughs> have to marry him. Wink, 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 wink. And <laughs> Kathleen's just like, like the twins are in the room while she's doing this. <laughs> I love when Kathleen's just like, blink, blink. Uh, uh... Helen? What have you been up to the last couple of days? Yeah, Helen, we did not expect this from you. Yeah. Uh, that's this whole um, book is Helen, we didn't expect this from you. from you. Yeah. Um, so um, and of course Helen's like, oh, by the way, um, Winterborn's gonna tell Devin that he has to consent to the marriage because I'm ruined. And yeah, and, and Kathleen's, Kathleen's like, like, oh, that's no, let's go don't stop do that it. before it happens. And then suddenly you just hear like two men fighting. Yeah. Incredible stuff. So they get back, they get to Devin's study and they see Devin kicking Reese's ass because, oh yeah, a building fell on Reese earlier that day. Yeah. And so he's like injured fighting Devin for the right yeah, he's, to marry he's his angel baby. Yeah. He has been re injured. Um, Helen is beside herself. Um, and Devin begrudgingly agrees to a courtship. Yeah. Um, around this time, Kathleen finds out that. Her father has died. Oh, actually, that's not true. Devin is mad about it and is insisting on a long engagement. Yes. Um, to be fair, Helen also wants a long engagement. She wants to she honor does, Theo's yeah. year of mourning. Yeah. Um, and Reese is like, but you don't understand. And she's like, I understand perfectly, but we're going to wait till June. Um, and to make matters worse, Devin's like, I can't trust you bitches anymore. We're all going back to Eversby Priory. Yes. So Devin packs the family up and demands they all return to their home in the countryside, meaning that um, Helen will be very, very far away from Reese. Um, and then while they're in the countryside, they find out Kathleen's father has died. 
Reese shows up literally on the same day. Yes, he's like, oh, I got out from work early. Um, hey, everybody. <laughs> like, literally, the minute he got that telegram, he's just like, he pulls out a bag that's already packed under his desk. He's like, yes. Burnsby, I'm hitting it. His, his bug out bag is done. Um, bug out bag. <laughs> it has 50 love poems to Helen, um, yes, 30 yeah. jars of salted almonds. Oh, yeah, the salted almonds that Kathleen loves. Like, that, he's bribing Kathleen during her pregnancy because yeah. she's craving those salted almonds. I also really love that reference to, like, a woman being pregnant during this time. Because usually in these romance books, you get, like, a happily ever after sort of scenario. Yeah. But you don't ever really talk about, like, the pregnancy aspect. So it's kind of fun to see, like, oh, they're still going to do, like, the cravings. And, like, but what kind of cravings do you have as, like, a woman in, like, the late Victorian era in England? I thought that was pretty cute. Almonds. Salted <laughs> almonds. Only thing that doesn't make her puke. Yeah. I love um, that form of bribery where he like obvious like and Hel- Helen's like so charmed that he's like courting the family as well. Yes. Because um, like because well, he understands family is very important to Helen. Yeah. And so now it's irony. Point, uh, not I, irony I just, though. Eventually it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So at this point in the book, we know that Helen is illegitimate. Um, but this is when she finds that letter and her mom's stuff. Yeah. Um, so this whole time she's known that she is not her father's daughter because her shit dick of a father told her that on his deathbed. Yeah. And was like, I want to see my daughters. Even though Helen was the only one of his kids willing to like take care of him in his convalescence. Um, yeah. Like, talk about rude. I mean, um. It sounds like he was the worst, and, like, Helen is doing this to spare everybody the chore of doing this, too. Like, she knows the twins would not be able to handle it. She knows Theo's away at school, Mm -hmm. and the dirtbag he is. Um, Yeah, so Helen has taken it upon herself to do this. Um, And so Dad spills the beans, and so she's known this whole time, um, but she's never had, like, firm proof. And then she finds um, a letter of her mother's um, where her mother has written to Albion. Her, Albion. Um, Helen's I strongly daughter. dislike both of these people, these parents. Like, Oh, yeah. And so in the, in the letter, we find that Helen's mother was a selfish, horrible woman who was very, very mean to Helen. Mean to Helen, Helen doesn't deserve that. Girls, just like horrible lady. Yeah. Absentee mother all around. Um, awful. Both yes. these parents are awful people. Terrible people. It's a, it's a miracle that Helen is so perfect and pure. Yeah. Well, she's the oldest daughter. She's got oldest daughter syndrome hardcore. That's true. That's true. Say it, sister. Um, I, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so she's sitting on, she's sitting on a secret. She's sitting on a piece of information. And so Reese escorts the family back to London where Lady Berwick will be chaperoning them. Yes. Where Lady Berwick will be chaperoning them indefinitely until Kathleen and Devon return. And so now Lady Berwick is in charge of this courtship between Winterbourne and Helen. Yeah. And this is the first time we meet Lady Berwick in person. And... Mm -hmm. We only know from Kathleen that Lady Berwick is obsessed with propriety. She, mm-hmm. like, knows all the rules and manners. Like, she can gain, gain the system. That is what we know about Lady Berwick. Yes. Um, so, um, 
I don't think we really like I did not expect to like her at first and I I did not think I would yeah I didn't for a long time in this book and then finally you're just like no she's the best (laughs) it was it was that time where she like reaches out and touches the giraffe at the museum that I was like all right she's a real one yeah she is um and then you know there's a moment where is it Helen or Cassandra this just like you know what you're a very kind person and you really want the best for us and I love that about you yeah and I'm just like Helen who gets people deeply yeah yeah and so, of course, Lady Barrack has a soft spot for Helen because um, her other options are these two hellion-ass twins. So, yeah. Who she That's also loves, her. but um, Helen's easier. <laughs> yeah, Helen's not as much of a project. Um, so, yeah, her and Helen um, connect really deeply. But also, Lady Barrack is important because Albion Vance is her nephew. And he yeah. is in line for her husband's title. So, so is her dad and Albion Vance is Reese's greatest enemy and Albion mm-hmm. Vance has written this horrible article about the Welsh and like calling them dirty and like you know anything you've heard about immigrants ever in the last like eight years um Al- Albion said it about the Welsh yeah and you know what? as as um as a Cajun girly I really empathize with this this moment for the Welsh oh, because like yes because I mean whenever um uh, the U.S. bought Louisiana and eventually, like, broke it up into the states and everything. Mm-hmm. South Louisiana was still speaking almost exclusively French yeah. and Cajun French. Um, and then the state came in and banned all French in school. Um, yeah, they banned people, they banned it in public in most places in Louisiana. Like it became they would yeah. beat the French out of you. Like that was the whole thing. Is yeah. fuck. Um, and so as a result, Cajun, Cajun French is a dying language. Um, yeah. It's really just the elderly that speak it now. Um, and then and, like a few young people who have like taken upon themselves to talk to their. Yeah, but they, but they come from like very, very isolated communities on the bayou. I, um, I know, I know a few people from Lafayette that speak Cajun French, but yeah. Um, I mean, like. The, for instance, there's this one guy that I follow um, on Instagram because he's hilarious. But he's like, yeah, he lives around Lafayette now, but he's from like the swamp. Yeah, yeah. And I you have, can tell him the way he speaks Cajun French. Like, he's yeah, been most of my friends French. from Lafayette like speak French. Yeah, and they get drunk, I, and then they speak Cajun French around you, and you're just like, I don't understand this. I'm sorry, I am not part of this conversation anymore. Um, my Cajun French, unfortunately, was, like, never that good. Yeah. My French at one point was excellent, and then I lost it. But um, Yeah, and then like if French I... people were at the parties, they would, like, get made fun of. Because that's the yeah. other thing, is, like, French people still make fun of Cajun French, and it's fucked. Well, cause I, so I took a Cajun French class at UL. I just kind of compare, contrast, like, Parisian French with that. And, like, it really is just, like, the most bastardized form of French. Like, it is backwater French. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is, it, but, but, but I enjoy it. It's funny. Anyway, I was going to um, say, I, I just don't like, I just don't like the classism. And you feel that with the oh, hatred of the Welsh. Yes, correct. Um, I yeah, just I, like a I general white trash southerner. That's my roots. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I hate this classism. Yes, Uh-oh. I agree. Um, and so already trouble is a Bruin. And so, of course, um, now that Helen is engaged to Winterborn, Albion decides his bastard daughter is worth a second look and he wants to formally meet her. 
Um, and yeah. so they set up a trip to the museum. And now I, by this point, Helen knows more about Albie and Vance. So before she knew just the name Albion, and then she finally heard someone say first and last name together, and it's like, oh, shit, that's probably my dad. Yeah, I was going to say, Albion's not a common name. What's going on? Yeah. Um, and so she's already hearing all these really, really negative, horrible things about him. She's really stewing on this while she's still being courted by Winterborn. Um, he's, you know, lavishing them with gifts. He's paying proper calls during calling hours to appease Lady Barrack. He's arranging. I was going to say he is storm. absolutely trying almost the pants off of Lady Barrack. Like, like, Lady point, Barrack would, oh, yeah. He's feeling him. He's feeling she him. She has the biggest crush on Winterborn. She and and Lady Barrack also believes that there's this innate charm that Welshmen have. Yeah, Welshmen. Because in her youth, there was a stable <laughs> lad that was Welsh. And oh, <laughs> it's like my and favorite I love how she just, I love that story because she's very dot, dot, dot on purpose. Uh-huh, she is. Uh, oh, and she's you're like, so funny. Oh, oh, Lady, Lady Barrack. Oh, love her. You're with a Welshman here. Ooh. And so every once in a while, Reese will do something especially charming or a little brutish. And she'll just be like, Wesh, Wishman. Yeah. She'll, <laughs> she's so down for him and like yeah. telling her friends all mm -hmm. about him and how like strong and handsome he is. And you know the Welsh. <laughs> just it, like, and ah! his, his, his swarthy complexion. complexion. Yeah. He's so virile. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, he charms the pants on her, off of her with stuff. He gives yes. them a private shopping trip to Winterborn's. Oh, so my cute. God. So good. And he knows, like, exactly where the older ladies go in the store. So he just, like, points out the old lady sections. And, like, that's what he tempts her with. It's so good. And then suddenly Helen doesn't have a chaperone. Yeah. And, oh, boy, do they take advantage of that. Um, and so now whenever Lady Barrack realizes that Helen knows that Albie and Vance is her real father, Lady Barrack, because she has to, sets a, arranges the meeting for them. They meet at the museum where Albion tries to extort money from Winterborn yeah. through Helen, essentially. I was going to say, Albion's been like blackmailing basically anyone who's in his way. Yeah. Um, he's doing got a lot dirt of on shit. everybody. Even, exactly. But, like, even if people have all the dirt on himself, he's got dirt on everybody who actually cares about that. Yeah. So he's a really powerful dude at this point. And he, like, lurks about in the shadows and stuff. Um, but he's short on money. He made a bad investment. And so now he's trying to shake Helen down for money from Winterborn now that he knows that they are engaged. Um, Helen uses this time to pump him for information on her half-sister um, and then takes it upon herself to try to track down her half-sister um, and so the half-sister. The half-sister was a result of Albion's affair with Winterborn's friend's wife. Um, and it's a really tragic story, actually. It's so sad. Like, yeah. she has this affair. She regrets it because, obviously, Albion's a shithead. And mm -hmm. tells her husband, like, the truth. And, like, this child isn't his. And her husband, who is Reese's best friend, is just like, Oh, well, I love you and I'll raise the kid anyway. Um, and, and then, then she, she dies, dies in childbirth. childbirth because that's what happens in childbirth, mm -hmm. even today, unfortunately. Um, yeah. you would think we'd have it down by now, but uh, yeah. no, so um, and, yeah. and so, um, and in his grief, Reese's bestie um kills himself, yeah, he like 
slowly kind of wastes away and then kills himself. Yeah. Um, and so at this point, the child is orphaned and Albie and sure as shit don't want a daughter. And so he dumps her in the care of this lady somewhere in East London and like pays for her upkeep. And but then lo and behold, we find out yes. after Helen has written to this woman that she doesn't have the kid anymore. Albion and stopped he sending wasn't money. Paying for yeah. her upkeep. Yeah. Albion stopped sending money. He basically abandoned her and this lady couldn't afford the mouth to feed. So she dropped her off at the orphanage yeah. and said, I was gonna I... say she had like no other choice um, in this era. Um, and up to this point, and I didn't catch that until rereading it for this, but um, at, up to this point, the kid didn't have a name. No, she didn't she, have she a said, name. She brought her to the orphanage, and the orphanage named her Charity. Charity Wednesday, because that's the Charity day Wednesday. she was yeah. taken to the, the orphanage. Um, and so apparently, like, and so we have our lady doctor, mm-hmm. um, Gary Gibson, and she is... So she, she briefly meets these Helen. Yeah. yeah. So she meets Helen at Winterbourne's whenever Helen goes for her dress fitting. Al- yeah. at, earlier that day, Helen had met up with Albion Vance um, and had a migraine. The doctor gave her some BC powder mm-hmm. um, and they became very fast friends. I was going to say, Helen is just like, I think she's amazing, um, yeah. which is like so good. Yes. And I love amazing, but yeah. And I love ladies being friends. Also, these books pass the Bechtel test. I love that. Uh, They do. And like, there's not really a whole lot of like other woman drama until the third. Um, And even that is like so mild. Yes. Um, There's not a lot of women on women crime here. No, there's not. And there's uh, like, I mean, in the third, but (laughs) you know, there's a, there's a, there's a teens. Yeah. (laughs) It's literal. The third one. There's a there's a teensy bit I think in Cassandra's book, but not like a lot. It's yeah, I was gonna say they kind of work it out, and they in yeah. like I think Lisa Claypas has them have like a like have the Ravenel girls have a lot of like empathy for the women who were like catty towards them. Yes, um, having been out of society so long, and they know the traps of it, and they hate it, and they've like this is not the only world they've known. So they look at these ladies and they're like, this is the only world they've ever known. Like they feel bad for them. Yes, correct. Rather than like, like yeah. it's a lot of, it's a lot of like, oh, poor ladies. Y'all really don't understand. There's more to life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's where they meet. Uh, this is also where Reese shows Helen her big surprise, which is, you know, this beautiful greenhouse that he is building her. Um, oh, yeah. They, they have so another good. tryst. They have another tryst. And that's when we find out that Lady Barrick. Lady Barrick's a more practical lady than we thought. Oh, yes. Um, according Lady to Lady Barrick, yeah. some, sometimes you have to lose a battle to win the war. Uh-huh. At this point, Lady Barrick does not want this engagement called off. She wants Helen to be safe and secure. And yes, she, she is encouraging Helen to do whatever possible, including yeah. baby trap him. Yeah, I can't imagine what Lady Barrick's life would be like if she didn't have Winterborn around anymore. Like what an empty life i was gonna say the absolute grief she would go through from losing well, also born. also lady barrick does not want helen to spare a moment's thought about albion vance because according to her what what makes him a father other than a well-timed spasm of the loins so good great line best line yeah because uh, also she's right she's so right she's right 
Um, and so Helen doesn't lose a lot of sleep over the fact that Albion Vance is her dad. What she loses sleep over is the fact that um, she doesn't think Reese will love her anymore if he finds out. Because she asked where the child was, mm-hmm. if Reese knew where his best friend's child was. And he was like, well, she's probably devil spawn. Yeah, any child, any child of Albion Vance is demon spawn. Um, and Helen doesn't love hearing, that. doesn't love hearing Vance. that. Doesn't love hearing that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, so she has the meeting with um, Albion. She finds out about the kid, um, and so now that we know her and Garrett have become besties since she saw and, her at the department store, and Garrett gives and takes fencing classes. She knows yeah. how to like defend herself. She goes to these bad neighborhoods to help out these orphans that don't have access to medical care. She's the best, the best, um, and so. Um, Sorry, I got distracted. I just I grabbed a plot thread that's from Cassandra's book that also involves the doctor. And it's like, no, wait, that comes later. That comes later. Anyway, so um, yeah, so Helen goes to see Garrett and it's like, hey, I gotta get to a crusty orphanage today. And I'm going with her without you. And Garrett's like, Well, I guess you're going with me. Yeah. And so Garrett teaches her how to how to use a hackney cab, which sounds terrifying. It's so scary sounding. Oh my god. Um, and Garrett is like her guru into the slums of London and takes her yeah. deep into the orphanage where we find she out her how to walk like she isn't like totally just yeah and never smile never smile. never smile don't look at anybody don't talk to anybody it's like yeah every every person who has never gone to a poor neighborhood needs these lessons um. yeah yeah they're universal um, and so we get to the orphanage and it is a very very grim place um it is a very grim place that the child is visibly unhappy to be at yeah um, and they of course like all of the children they're threatening yeah. beatings like it's really sad talking bad um, about the children like can't do anything with these horrible cool. kids and you're like i don't know they just sound like they're being kids to me but it sounds like children i don't know um, but yeah, Helen sees the conditions, and then of course, because this is a book, um, the kid that she's here to pick up is very conveniently right there in the entrance hall. Um, and she sees Helen across the way, and because they look exactly alike, yeah. um, she runs right over and assumes that Helen is her mother, um, and becomes really distressed at the thought of Helen leaving. Yeah. And and at that point, Helen's fate is sealed. She's like, well, I've just fallen in love with this child and my life is over, I guess, because now I've got to take care of her. Yeah. She's like, I'm not leaving without this kid and I, my life is done. <laughs> and I love how Garrett's like, okay, we can come back. And she's like, nope. How do no, I leave no. with this kid today? Yeah. We, you are not we have to have me. her today. Uh, she can't be here anymore. Um. Yeah. The fact uh, that, like, I don't did. know if Helen would have been able to get away with going back to the slums is the other thing here. That too, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they work some magic, money changes hands, and they make up something about the kid being, oh, she's so sick, she has to leave immediately before she infects the other kids. Yes, so good. Um, and then um, they take the kid back with them. And this is where we get introduced to another future character in our story, Ethan Ransom. Because he's been following them. Like, it's so funny how obvious he is following them. And I'm just like, Helen, how are you so smart about some things? And then just like a big old dingus about this. 
And the doctor immediately clocks that this man is following them. Yeah. And Helen's like, what? No, not this guy. He's so nice. He just beat up these bad guys with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These bad these guys try to like stalk them and like grab them and stuff. And Garrett like starts to beat the shit out of them with her cane. She's amazing. She's amazing. And then Ethan jumps in to help her because reasons, I guess. Yeah, because reasons. Because he's a man. So ladies obviously need his manly help. Yeah. And he's like, can I escort you guys back to the main road? And Garrett's like, absolutely not. And he's like, cool. I'll just follow at a distance. Yeah. Um, and so Helen brings Helen brings this disgusting, smelly orphan back to Ravenel House, where Lady Barrack proceeds to uh, fuck completely fall apart. Um, and she, this is like the first time she's like absolutely like pissed at Helen. Like you yeah. never see her this mad again in any of the books. Like, like she, she sheds she sheds a tear, which for her is like having a full breakdown i was gonna say she shows no emotion until this point yeah and she's just so upset for helen because she really does care about her it's really sweet how much she cares it's about so Helen. Sweet. and like and- at the same time like you know this is a character that's already taken in one girl that has not didn't have a home mm-hmm. um in kathleen and so you just have this moment of realization where you're like no lady Beric is amazing and it's not just how much she loves winterborn and like flirts with him mm-hmm. even though that's also good yes well, i mean she took in kathleen and raised her as her own um, yeah she is teaching these girls how to be in london society out of the goodness of her heart and because she really cares about kathleen and now she really cares about these girls yeah. she's and she's so devastated when helen walks in with that kid because she just knows that helen's future is over her yeah. her betrothal is over and then but also there's the, the fact that again they look exactly alike she's double yeah. ruined because everybody's gonna think it's her kid her kid yeah and like and yeah lady barrack is just yeah, yeah she's kid. has she's doesn't know what to do <laughs> oh sorry um until she does she until comes she up does plan yes and so the kid so this- to dance yeah, and so this kid, poor baby, is so traumatized. Uh, she's terrified of water um, because apparently they would, like, the nuns would, like, hold their heads on buckets of water if they were bad. Yeah, they waterboarded and, these children. Yeah. Um, um, so she, like, is terrified of baths and they can't get her clean. Um, and it's just really sad. And so yeah, she's been, and, like, reading that and knowing, like, how orphanages were run it's mm-hmm. like this isn't even the worst one like yeah there were they have found like gr- unmarked graves under old orphanages exactly. like it's horrifying um especially like ones run by nuns like totally Oof, yeah. just like oh and there was one there was like a short documentary a while ago about this one in ireland that was run by nuns and just like there were people still alive that had gone through it and just them describing like horrible treatment in recent memory and like kids dying and nobody knowing about it like oh my god so yeah these orphanages are no joke they are horrible and so yeah helen's feeling pretty secure in her decision to get her sister out of there um and so she's planning to decamp to Eversby Priory and just live out her days in rustication, maybe find a little cottage somewhere, maybe go to France. Um, when the next morning, yeah, go to France. 
Um, when the next morning she receives a letter from Lady Barrick letting her know that Lady Barrick has decided it's time for Albion to stop being a little bitch and take care of his fucking kids. Yeah. Um, and Lady so she Barrick, demands like, that he is yeah. trying to put the hurt on him. Literally, she's like, come deal with your freaking kid. She's you're always Actually, making your kind kids of deal with problem. both of your freaking kids right now. Yeah. Yeah. While well, you can talk some sense to the other one. Um, and so, but Helen knows that that is going to be very dangerous for the child. Yeah, and um, horrible. Like, this yeah. guy doesn't take any responsibility for anything. Yeah, and so, Even, with like, the help... bad investments, he wants to blame the Welsh. Exactly. You know, like, like, they're like, your bad investments. Yeah. Um, and so, with the help of her amazing sisters, uh, Helen is able to sneak herself and Charity out of the house and to the train station. She hails a hackney by herself now that her bestie Garrett has showed her how to do it. Yeah. She, like, um, goes on this adventure learning, like, using everything that she has learned from Garrett Gibson and her whole adventures. And she doesn't even put her bustle on when she gets out of the house. She's I like, know. nope, it's going to slow me down in the cab and I got to move. And nobody wears them anymore. Yeah. Except for, like, nice ladies. And she has to pretend she's not a nice lady right now. I mean, she's just a regular lady. I was going to say, at this point in time, she is, like, full on, I'm not a nice lady anymore. Yeah. I am me and a badass. And you're like, yeah. go, Helen, go. Go, Helen, go. And so she gets to the station. And this whole time, she's, like, so brokenhearted because she's like, oh, my engagement with Reese has to be over because he's going to hate me after this. Yeah, um, it's like, I love Reese, but for his own good, I have to leave him behind because he will be devastated if he finds out who I am. Like, yeah. it's better for him to just get over me disappearing. Correct. Um, so, it's like one of those dumb, like, breakup moves that it, yeah. you do. It's, it's, I don't know if it counts as a third act breakup, though. Not really. <laughs> not really. Because he does not accept the breakup. Oh, God, no. Yeah. So, so she's at the train station. And um, she, what she mistakes for kindness um, ends up being a trap set by none other than Reese. But yeah, um, I, she still can't pinpoint when people are like following I like her. her. Yeah. And so the nice elderly man who works at the ticket counter, you know, just happens to see a, a mother and child shivering with cold in this train station. Let me offer you this nice warm office to sit in. And because Helen is Helen, she's like, oh, my God. People are just nice to me. Thank you so much. And so she goes into this office and at the very last minute realizes something's up. And by yeah, the time they lock split, the door from the outside. They don't let her out. And she's just like, uh. And when the door finally opens, she sees Ethan Ransom. And at this say, point, the guy at this that's point, been following them keeps yeah. following them. And at this point in the story, we don't know who Ethan works for. Um, and so we don't know if, who's going to show up. And of course, it's our hero, Reese, the man of the hour. Um, and so Reese shows up and he is fuming. He's fuming. Um, and so he knows that she met with Vance because he's been having her followed. Yeah. But she doesn't know. But he doesn't know what they talked about. Yeah. This whole time he's been asking, like, is everything okay? Anything you want to tell me? Okay. Yeah. Like, hint, hint. <laughs> and Helen's like, no. No, I just have a headache. I'm just tired. Oh, just, oh my god, I just chugged the last of my tea and that gulp down was excellent. So, um, yeah, so Reese and Helen get a room and hash it out. And Helen lays it out and she's like, 
obviously we can't be together. I've been lying to you. Albion Vance is my father. This is his other illegitimate daughter, the kid of your friend, friend's wife that you didn't care about. And I care about her and I'm going to raise her and I'm going to love her. And I know that means I'm going to lose you, but maybe we'll go to France. I don't know. Yeah. But obviously I don't know we what can't we're going to do, but we can't be together. Yeah. And Reese, of course, is like, um, the fuck? We're not going to be together. Um, Reese then lays it down in uh, the swooniest speech of all time where he basically yes. tells her, run for me and see what happens. See how far yes. you get. See how far not you far. get. I will find you. Not far. I'm coming with you, girl. Um, and decides that it doesn't matter who Helen's father is because he loves her anyway. And he had already um, find out, found out. But he didn't he know has, that was her dad. Well, now she had he, to tell him. Oh, but she, he knows that, like, the child she's with Oh, no, no, he knows it's about the Vance's. kids, but he doesn't yeah. know that Helen is Vance's. Yeah. yeah Helen's got to tell him that. Um, and he don't care. He don't care because love makes you crazy. Um, and he's like, I'm going to take care of this, but, like, you're not going anywhere. And she's like, but I'm keeping the kid. And he's like, oh, my God, fine, we'll keep the damn kid. But she's going to have a Welsh name. Yeah, she's going to have a Welsh name. She can't have this institution name. Yeah, so he's pissing and moaning about taking care of this kid, and then sure enough, he, like, gives her a Welsh name and buys her, like, a shit ton of toys and clothes. Yeah, and chocolate. And just immediately becomes Papa Reese. Like, literally immediately oh. sees this, this grubby kid, and he's, yeah. like, is like, oh, she needs a bath. And Helen's like, oh, she's afraid of water. And he's like, put bubbles in the water. Yeah, like, come on. Uh, Reese Winterborn, master father. <laughs> yeah, he's like, the dad. Um, the dad. Ugh. It really is crazy because, like, all over the Ravenel series is just bad dads. And then every yes. once in a while, you see, like, good parenting. Like, when, like, again, when we get to Devil in Spring, we'll talk about Sebastian. But, like, oh, yeah. just every once in a while, you just get, like, a good dad. And you just, Reese has good dad energy for sure. Yeah. Um, and so he, he's like, I'll straighten this here out. And he goes out to Vance and basically like, leave the fucking country. <laughs> Yeah, and no, so back to the dad thing. I think yeah. there's a very... Sorry, I didn't mean to skip over that. Oh, no, no, no. I So sometimes I like to talk about, like, obviously most books like this, they're written by women. They're written for women, specifically for their fantasies. So, like, for a good dad to be this very, like, hot fantasy for women that just, like, pops up occasionally in these books. It does like, it for me, okay? I know! It does it for all of us, and, like, what does it say about our culture that, like, a good dad is the hottest? You know, like, that like, really is... Kids, and I'm just like, look at yeah. that guy. He likes kids like, so much. <laughs> that's honestly a criteria for me on, like, celebrity crushes, too. Like, does he seem like, does he have good dad energy? Is he a good dad? Yeah. Like, like John Cho, like I feel like oh, he gives really good. See what yeah. I mean? Yeah. He gives good dad energy. I feel that way about Ra I feel that way about Randall Park too. And uh, then like, also yeah. controversially about Brave Adam Driver. Mm, I guess he does give off good dad energy, but and also he is a dad. Yeah. He also is a dad. But Ryan Gosling um, also good dad energy yes like he gives corny dad energy like i bet he's gonna embarrass those kids horribly oh, when they're in high school so much i love that though but yeah there is just something about a hot man with like solid like you could trust him with a baby like yeah, you exactly. could leave him for you could leave him for a whole day with a baby and know that that baby's gonna be just fine but yeah it's just like very interesting to me that like this is a fantasy that ladies have like i know and again i'm not i'm in 
camp childless as well. So yeah. I don't, I don't fully understand. Maybe it's because my own dad is like garbage, but say, like my own dad is garbage. So like, just like I said, like, what does this say about culture for women that like we're just like, oh, hot dad? <laughs> like, but like, let's review about Reese here, okay? Like. Helen said, don't do that thing. And what did he do? He stopped doing that thing. He stopped doing it. Helen said, respect me. And he said, okay. And then respected her belongings, respected her personal space, respected her as a human being. Um, he's adopting his strength, even when he was furious. Yeah. Um, but also, like, he's so down bad for her because, like, she nurtured him. She took care yes. of him when he was sick. And he's just so enamored of her softness. Um he lavishes her with gifts. And he adopts he her kid sister. Softness for weakness. Yes. Um, and, he, he, yeah. he adopts her kid sister. I mean, this man is the blueprint. Yeah, he really, he is. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, and, uh, well, and he's hung as shit. So, I mean, really, we've got it made. Yeah, we have, we have found uh, a contender for perfect book boyfriend number one. For real, like I, I can even forgive that he's a historical bazillionaire. Like I can, yeah. Forget I was going to say, well, and I think part of it that we forgive, is, and why we forgive that is like he does not give a shit what gender you are, what status you are, who you are. He will treat you well as an employee, and so long as you are competent, he wants you there. Like Garrett Gibson, he hires. Does well, not like matter. His, well, even his private secretary is a widow. Um, yeah, because he recognized. That's not usual. <laughs> yeah, it's not usual to have secretary, sexuary. Sexuary. That is usual, but not the yeah. secretary. Um, but yeah, it's it's very unusual for a woman to be in an office position, uh, much less a very high office position. Yeah. Um, and he hires her after his own management in the store refused to hire her. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and he defends her, and like Fernsby runs his life. He has respect for almost nobody except Fernsby. Except for Fernsby, yeah. Um, Fernsby's the only one who's allowed to tell him what to do. Exactly. Other than Helen, maybe sometimes. Oh, Helen does be bossing him around though. Yeah. Um, and then um, Doctor Havelock. Doctor Havelock wants to raise a big stink about Doctor Gibson joining the yes. clinic. Um, and Reese is basically like, "Well, get over it. Get over it. She's amazing." Um. We hire everybody here at Winterborns, like very non-discriminatory hiring As, practices. If you can do the work, you're you're hired. Private um, healthcare, do the work, make like sure he, people are housed. Like he is the, the dream is, boss as well as well, the book boyfriend. That building that fell on him, like he was considering making it an, a, like room housing. for his employees. Yeah, yeah housing instead for of rack renting it, yeah. instead of rack renting another slum. Yeah, like. like he, He's, he's he's a capitalist, but he's also a philanthropist. Yeah, I was gonna say he he's like the one boss that you're like, okay, fine, fine. Like, I, we can have one boss, I guess. Yeah, we can have we can have the Winterborn, and that's it. <laughs> but I do maybe controversially at brave, but I do think it's a little messed up that he made his employees stay late just for Helen and her sister. Oh yeah, yeah. Like but I hope I, they got time and a half. Or I was something. gonna say I thought he mentioned like. They get they got paid really well. They better. Like I thought that was mentioned that like I mean whenever he hires on um the Quincy the valet, he like yes. immediately just starts spitting numbers on him and this valet's like, I have uh, never seen that much money. <laughs> and then Quincy is just like the dream valet to him. 
and it's yes. just like, uh, this guy needs me so yeah. badly. Well, and Quincy is also team, um, we called Winter it Helenborn. Helen. Winter Helen, I've, yeah. I've been calling it Winter Helen, but Helenborn like works that. too. Winter Helen uh, is cute. I like that. But um, yeah, the, Quincy is also very much team Winter Helen. Quincy knows about the truth about Helen's parentage because he was there at the yeah, late girls' bedtime. Yeah, I was going to say, Quincy has been a father figure to her. Yeah. Um, he was there for all those mean, nasty things that Earl was saying. He's like, baby girl, don't you listen to those at all. Um, yeah. Holding it down for our girl Helen the whole time. Yeah. Um, and as, and straighten, straightening Reese out, you know, making sure he doesn't leave the house looking like a wreck, wearing his own shirts. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah um and so after reese um kicks albion basically out of the country um he's like all right get in this train loser we're we're eloping yeah so he stops briefly at like, winterborn <laughs> yeah so he stops briefly at winterborn's uh turns the entirety of winterborn's topsy-turvy demanding all of their honeymoon stuff right now including a wedding dress like, that is not finished what? Yeah, including a wedding dress that's not even finished. Um, Fernsby in a panic, really. And then they elope to Wales, the most beautiful romantic destination ever. I want to go to Wales so bad. I'm not going to lie. I I have a fascination with Wales. I cannot explain. Maybe it's just the Welshman. The Welshman. There was a season of Love Island where, like, in one of the final couples, the girl was Welsh. And so the dude starts learning Welsh for when he meets her father. It was cute. He was really bad at it, but it was cute. Yeah, Welsh is hard. Yeah, that's too many consonants for me, but... but. And like a, a lot of... Yeah. Sorry, that's not coming across well in the microphone. Yeah, but. edit that out. <laughs> we don't want to offend any, any Welshmen. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Welshmen. I still think you're, you're wonderful. Um, Charm and so the be- pants off a saint. As and Lady... So, uh, the pants off a saint. Um, and so because... Um, Tom now owes all of his friends many favors. Um, he lends he lends Reese his private train car. Yes. To go on their uh, honeymoon excursion or elopement. I was going to say, since Tom is always making people angry, yeah. <laughs> he has to just uh, give them favors. Yeah. Tom says sorry with favors. Yeah. Um, and so they elope. They have a beautiful Welsh ceremony. Yeah. They um, like, do the rock thing. Where they toss yeah. the rock away, which doesn't yeah. feel like it would be a good thing in most ceremonies, but I don't well, know. You, you, I think it's what you toss the rock and then it yeah. sinks, and it's as long as the rock, the rock stays, stays, yeah, your love will be forever. I guess, like I'm not, enti- I don't remember, but it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, because there, there is like something about you know, as long as the earth is here. Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. Very well. It's very, very sweet and Welsh. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, um, yeah, then they live happily ever after. Yeah. We, and we, love, we love them. And Reese Winterborn, a contestant in the best book boyfriend contest. Best book boyfriend ever. And now it's funny to me because, like, we spent most of Cold Hearted Rake, like, waiting for them to get together and realize how much they love each other. And it's yeah. funny because at, at the start of Mary Winterborn, like, it is established. They are down bad yeah. for each other. They communicate that well. Yeah, um, it's just immediately, like, we like each other, and we're going to be together. Um, yeah, so The this, world is trying to tear them apart and not each other because yeah. they're not uh, 
Devin and Kathleen and they don't live to make each other angry. Like making each other angry is not their kink. Um, yeah. No. Um, Winterborn has a softness kink. Yes, he really, really does. He's a nurturing kink. That's what he's got. He just wants to be yeah. nurtured because it sounds like his mother was a very cold woman. Because apparently yeah. she still lives in London. Yeah, they just she don't still talk. lives, but he, he doesn't. Yeah, she was like, "Am I ever gonna meet her?" And he's like, uh, "Maybe someday." Uh, it's, it's not better important if, to me. Honestly, it's it's better if you don't. Yeah, it's not important to me. Like your family is to you. And um, and again, there's never a moment where um, Reese at once once the fucking happens. There is never a moment where Reese doubts Helen. Yeah. Um, there is never a moment where he wants to end things, where he is like so upset with her he can't see a few. Like he is a, very constant to her. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah. Oh. His, his so head good. is fully out of his ass. Um, that's just a man who knows what he wants, and that is very attractive. Yeah. Once again, once again, it's so interesting to me to look at these book tropes and just be like, culturally, like, what are we doing? Um, for men, real. what are you doing? Men. <laughs> what are men doing? Not this. What are you doing? Not this. Not knowing See what how long doing. it takes me to find you. Not five you're, fucking you're minutes. You're waffling. <laughs> Whiffle waffling. That's what no. men are doing instead. I'm going to keep thinking about that. <laughs> Why? Well, just whiff waffling. That's it's a Lady Barrick word. It is. Uh, me and Lady Barrick, we, we could chill. She would hate everything about my comportment, but, you know, we could chill. Oh, yeah. I I would probably, if I told her no one I had been living together for eight years and there's no ring on this finger, she would throw herself off the roof. She would. She would. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. All right, I was sending a text. I, know, um, I was going to say, me and my husband, yeah, lived together for like seven years before getting married, so... Same boat. Uh, yeah. And I also like no plans to be married, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you really you need to. I mean, I mean we, yeah. we wanted health insurance and all of that, but. I mean, honestly, you know. that would be the biggest draw. But like right now, he's got like an 820 credit score. And I don't oh, want to yeah. fuck that up by, sat, by combining our households. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say, oh, book boyfriend material is what you're saying. I mean, he's not rolling in the dough, but he's got a real job. Yeah. He's got savings. He's got investments, you know? Investments. Yeah, yeah. it's a little beyond me, but he's got I was going to say, yeah, I'm not the finance person no, in this household at never all. Me. Which, you know, Lady Barrick, I think, would approve of that, at least. Yeah. Women are not to, to trouble yourselves with the finances. That's usually not. But it, I love, I love how we're setting me. up. Well, I do love how we're setting up um lady barrack's relationship with the twins too for like the later books like oh, yes she she does like she's hard on them but she does indulge them like she they get to go to the museum of natural them. science yeah they get to go to the museum of natural science and um oh, i love when they see the giraffe and pandora's like it uh, lady barrack's almost like, as tall as the giraffe, giraffe. apparently <laughs> apparently she's like six feet tall yeah i was gonna say lady barrack is a tall horse lady yes girly i love a tall horse woman it's very nordic I was going to say, that's just what this book is all about, is tall, or all of these books, is just about tall horse ladies. Is this in Kathleen kind of tall, too? No, Kathleen's short. Oh, Kathleen's yeah, like Kathleen's five. the shorty. Kathleen's even smaller than Helen, and Helen's small. Yeah, so I, I think was going to say, probably like five, one of them is about my two. size, so 
Yeah. Yeah. Kathleen's probably like five one, five two. Okay. And then the twins are the twins are they said the, the twins they call them both mid height, so they're probably like five 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 six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The twins are twins are about my height. So. <laughs> We're, yeah. Um. The twins are very relatable to me in many ways, but so twins. is Helen. As, yeah. As got as someone who has also some first daughter energy. No, I I really adore it. And but like yeah, there's just there's just so much. There's so much cuz like in the background of all of this you're learning more about like capitalism in the 1870s. Yeah, you're learning about capitalism. You're learning about history. You're learning about like why Reese's version of business is kind of revolutionary just in general like because there's no department stores in this era cuz people still visit like bespoke like boutiques you know like little tiny yeah, shops things, things like department stores are considered for the working class very much yeah. still and like yeah. reese is doing a lot of work to change that perception yeah um, like, he, like he wants he's fine with being middle class like being for the middle class and he's like down with that but he also wants like fancy people to realize there's nothing wrong with that like I don't, I don't know that he would like put it in these specific terms but it to me it feels like he really considers winterborn to be like an equal space yes exactly that is like 100 percent. like because like we're you know, working class and shop next to ruling class i i think somebody in the books does put it that way and especially like that's one of lady barrack's fears is like going in and rubbing shoulders with, with everybody yeah yes. um so. But even she can't resist gloves so small and fine you can thread them through the we, the hole in a needle or whatever he says. Oh my god, yes. A, he, a natural salesman. He really gets her. That's the gloves. Salesman. Yeah. He he everything that comes out of Reese's mouth towards Lady Barrick is so funny because he's being so fake. He's it's yeah. his customer service voice. He uses customer service voice on her so hardcore. But I also think he might just be like a little charmed by the fact that like there's this old woman like swooning over him and he knows yeah. like he's got her. He's got her in the palm of his hand. This Welshman. Yeah. This Welshman. Oh. Like oh God, so I just cannot get I, I cannot get over like how down like hard she is for winterborn like he's it's, not even but, of their class and she's still just like he's wonderful and i love him i'm crazy about him Don't and she did not him. and she didn't want to like him at first either no, she didn't no she was before she met him and like saw like how hot he was she was like oh i couldn't possibly approve of of mixing of the classes, classes like this yeah. and, and then, then she meets him and she's like well well, he's pretty attractive. And he reminds rich. me of my stable boy, days. Boy, yeah. My stable boy. The Welshman. The Welshman. Uh, so I can't like, wait to so talk many about... iconic things. I can't talk, wait to talk about uh, Cassandra and uh, Andorra's, like, relationship with her. And, like, how they're just, like, a couple of naughty schoolgirls about her, yeah. but, like, they love her. It's so good. They they really develop a very deep affection for her and her for them too. Like she's yeah. got a soft spot. But also you can tell like Lady Barrick is like someone who has always followed the rules but wanted to be the kind of woman who didn't. Yeah, like and that's part of why she like understands the game and like yeah. plays the game so hard is because she knows this is how she gets what she wants. And this she, is how this yeah. is how you secure comfort, this is how you secure companionship, Horses. marriage safety it's really a safety thing horses 
horses. Horses. It is the horse thing, okay? Yeah, they're crazy. Like, at least once a book, somebody mentions that Kathleen and the Barracks are horse mad. Yeah, I mean, because, like, that's all she wants to talk about, too, to anybody is horses. Like, if you give her a chance to just go on, she'll tell you all about her horses. They're just so great and majestic. Yeah, she wishes she could be one. Oh, my gosh. I can't with horse girls. I can't with horse girls. I I was never a horse girl, so I don't really get it. Like, the closest I ever became to a horse girl is playing Barbie Horse Adventures. Yeah. The The best video game of all time, obviously. Um, The closest I ever got to being a horse girl was the Saddle Club. That TV, oh, that yeah, Australian yeah, TV yeah, series. I was club. like, I remember the Saddle Club. I was really into the Saddle Club and was like, I'm going to be a horse girly. And then I went on like one horse ride and was like, no. No. I, well, I think the thing is like, I was always kind of like poor. So there was never really a chance for me to be a horse girl. Like that wasn't even in the cards for me. Yeah, I feel that. My my rich cousin um, did like dressage, like that weird shit where you make horses oh, yeah, dance yeah, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, the fancy... Yeah. Massage. Yes, I, um, I know about massage. And so, like, one time I got to go with her, like, to one of her lessons and just, like, tag along and, like, sit on a horse for a few minutes. And I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like it at all. And they're like, you need to loosen up. You can tell you're nervous. I'm like, well, I am nervous. I'm, nervous. I'm sitting on a creature that could kick me off and kill me. Um, and I think and I think I did, like, a, a youth group, like, trail ride thing a couple years yeah. after that to try again and was still like, this is awful. I don't think people have enough fear around horses. I think that's my problem. It is a, it is just a big cat. Like, why? How could you trust that? I could never God. sit on a cat. Like that. Well, that's what I, that's what I always say about people who have like exotic cats. I'm like, mm-hmm. I have two cats at home that are horrible. Why would I want a bigger one? Correct. Um, like and as like, much as look, I would I love, love my boy. Yeah, I was gonna say as much as I would love to pet a tiger cub, I don't want one in my house. But also, how awful for the tiger cub. Like, go put that baby back in its natural yeah. habitat. Well, there's more tigers in captivity than their natural habitat. I know, which is awful. Um, anyway, that is to yeah. say, horse girls no have not enough fear. That's yeah, I I believe that. There's uh, there's also no more wild cats in in England anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, I knew that, and they're disappearing from the south as well. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the Florida panther, I think, is extinct. Well, it's Florida. Yeah. And it's still sad. It's sad to lose a cat, but... It's, it's always Florida. sad to lose a cat. We're cat ladies. We're not horse ladies. No. I we know my place. understand the horse ladies here. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've always been I've always been a cat person. I've always had access to cats, you know? Yeah. I understand and, them. And cats are just amazing. Yeah, like I really find that my personal style of like relationship is like very much like a house cat. Like yes. if you try to smother me with love and affection and attention, I'm going to I'm going to bite you and I'm going to claw you. But if you just like make a nice little sound and like hold your hand out with some treats, like wait for me to come to you. Uh yeah, I always joke that like I only want to go to events where there's snacks. Um yeah. so snacks are like easy access to snacks from the event. Yes, exactly. Um, but also I am the sort of person that's like, I have a few chosen people and that's it. <laughs> that's all my anxiety will allow. Um, you know, who else is big on snacks is the Ravenels. That is a yes. family that eats. I know. Uh, like they're obsessed with tea time and they're big. Tea. Actually, I think it's in Cassandra's book. 
in Cassandra's book, they include a recipe to uh, some scones, I think. Oh, can't yeah. wait. I'm going to make those scones before. Um, you should. That's so cute. Recording. Um, I'm going to have to veganize them, but that's it'll fine. happen. Do your thing. Do your thing. Yeah. Um, it'll happen. But like, yeah, they, they be munching. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I'm just like, I am a raven hell. I've got yeah. the temper. And like in every single, every single book with the Ravenels, Lisa Kleypas does dedicate like at least an entire page to describing food. Yes. Yes. It's, it's like a big deal. Oh, she's so funny. Yeah, I love this queen. Like, I don't know how she yeah. just cranks these books out like this. It's I, so funny. Yeah, I knew. Um, I would do it. And even in this series, like sometimes if a series goes on long enough, you start to see like plot points being recycled. But yeah. what I what I really appreciate about these books is like each each of these characters gets a very separate, distinct adventure. Yeah, an adventure that is uh, befitting, as yes. Lady Beric would put it. Befitting your status. Yes, actually, not really. Some, some of these some of these some of these ladies uh, do be getting a little wild, but well, we know Helen got wild. Helen got wild in, in several places, several times. Yes, <laughs> so many different places, like greenhouse, yeah. private office, yeah, and her like ancestral a, home, <laughs> a rooftop, a rooftop, yes, like literally on, a, like getting it on a roof. I'm like Helen, who are you? Oh my god, exactly. That's like this whole book is Helen, really? Oh my god, you, Helen, you were the one doing all this and causing all this chaos. <laughs> Oh my god, it's I live. Incredible. I live for these kids. Okay, yeah. is there any other major plot point we should address? Um no, I think, you know, I I find it interesting because, you know, from the first book to the second book, mm -hmm. we really lead in from one another. Like they could almost just be one book, part one and part two. But then well, by the end of this book, we've kind of just like settled it ish. You well, know? parts? Parts of three, four, five, and six are all happening concurrently. Yeah. So, like, this book kind of settles a lot of plot points before we get to the rest, you know? Yeah. So, I and think I do this book is, like, a good, yeah. yeah, it's a good, like, conclusion to this part of the story before we move on to, like, Chaos Gremlins, aka yeah. my favorite people on the planet, the who twins. are my best friends. The Chaos Twins. I love them. Yeah, this was the kind of a bookend of like this is yeah. the mature. These were the mature yeah. couples. Well, we we can end this era and move into the chaos era. Yeah, the real chaos era. Um, but yeah, because I feel like in my life I have moved from being like a Helen to like a Pandora. So like, I get it. I get it. I get both sides of the equation. I feel like I'm like very Kathleen in temperament. Um, I can see that very helen in like choices yeah i i'm i can be very helen in temperament and a uh, pandora in choices but usually at these days i'm just pandora like i i've gone from being the uh gentle sweet child to the chaos goblin of my family but no, not gonna... quite that bad I, I i think my family is like the poor uh southern raven else <laughs> we have a temper <laughs> I'm I'm definitely bossy and bad tempered like Kathleen, um, yes, but I yes, also make I, I I also love to make 
wild ass choices like Helen. Yes. Helen makes insane but wonderful and brave and like kind choices. Yes. Like, I that the thing about Helen brave is choices. She always like leads with kindness, which I I yes. do love that about Helen. She's definitely the most selfless of the yes. Ravenels. Yeah, um, I think the thing I like about Pandora is she leads with curiosity. Yes. And you know, Very that bad. is one of those reasons where I'm like, oh, I get this. As someone like, who's always a, just being like, why? Um, in, another, in another life, I do think that Pandora could have been like an adventure or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is in her own right of board yeah, games. That's true. But we'll true. get to that on our next one. Yes. And, yeah, I, yeah, I think that was my list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to do us for this a special edition historic interlude um and by the time this comes out i will be saying to you right now happy new year but um oh, we're uh, not recording in the new year um right now but i'm saying happy new now. year i'm happy talking new to you from 2024 i was gonna say we're talking to you from the past make good choices future suddenly us. suddenly everything is less terrible we hope Woo! or more? I'm talking to them from the future. I'm talking to them from the future. Oh, you're talking to me from the future. Okay. Yeah. I'm giving okay. us something. To, I'm giving people something to look forward to. Yeah. I, it's aspirational. You can edit it out if. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that um, this year podcasting we will do great things and cover many wonderful books and continue to talk to great people about wonderful books that I want everybody to read. Um, many, many wonderful books and probably a lot of terrible ones too. I. Okay, my criteria is I only want to pick things that I've enjoyed. Um, Fair enough. Even if they're terrible, it's things I've enjoyed. Because um, I'm not here to, I'm not here to hate on things. That's not why I'm doing this. I am convincing people to give the genre a chance and also to take it seriously. Because like, how many like average blah like drum dramatic like contemporary books are there? Like. Oh my god, so many. So many. But, you know, you mentioned smut being, like, average and everybody is just, like, trash. Like, no. It's about the same level of trash. Like, you read, like, I I can't even think of books like that these days. Because (laughs) even when I was reading good books, I've never been much of, like, that kind of a reader. Um, yeah, even when I was reading girl for life, life, but um, yeah. you know, I mean, I I spent like a few years pretending to be into like very highbrow things, and like yeah, yes, some of it was good, well. but I, I was also I mean, like, man, I'd really like some garbage now. Yeah, I was I was an English minor in school, so like I I've read my fair share of ser- ser- serious stuff, and I think I deserve a break. <laughs> Correct. I'm um, I turned thirty and decided I was done learning things. Yes, so. exactly. Um. Mostly, mostly. I, I occasionally try to go back to school, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, Happy New Year. We'll read more trash and more bizarre things that I feel like everybody should read and enjoy. Um, I kind of want to start covering series, um, but we'll see how that works. Um, I might convince Joe to read some weird stuff with us. Possibly, maybe, possibly. maybe. I have some things that I'm like, I really want your take on this. Um, so it'll be a good year for a lot of optional. Yeah, love that.
I love that. I love you. I love everybody <laughs> that's listening. Bye. Bye.